Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, it's all about PSHE. Sarah Gledhill is our guest and she's about to open up this whole world to us, explaining exactly what it is, why it's so important to children in school in 2021 and how parents can engage with their children on this subject. And as always, I ask our guest what their remarkable moment has been at Berkhamsted and I also ask what they've changed their mind about in the last two years. So come with me now as we get into PSHE with Sarah Gledhill. Sarah, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks, Simon. It's lovely to be here. Um, It's a beautiful day in October. Things are very busy in school and it's actually very nice to be back in the physical classroom and in the physical sense with students. So things are going really well. Awesome. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about PSHE on this podcast episode. But before we get into that, I'd love to know a little bit more about your own school experience. So where you went to school, how it was for you, was it a positive or negative experience and what you took away from that as well? So I grew up in Hertfordshire. I I loved school. School was a really positive experience for me. I had my favourite subjects and my less favourite subjects. And to be honest, the the subject that really, really interested me was sociology, which I then went on to do at, at Loughborough University. And so I think that the roots really were sown there in terms of my interest in things like PSHE and looking at society and how, you know, how PSHE provide such a really important foundation for young people and so my interest really from sociology has has brought me into the field of PSHE. Okay and tell me a little bit more then about how you got into that in the first place you know what was it about about it that attracted you what was the draw for you? So after I did my sociology degree I really knew that I wanted to work with young people and in my time at uni I'd worked with the youth offending team which was, was really, really insightful and it fascinated me about the role of young people in society. Um, and so I knew really that after that I wanted to work with young people. And that led me on to a PGCE in citizenship, which at this time was a very new part of the curriculum. It was really exciting to join the start of that race in schools mm-hmm. to think about how we could get young people to understand the world they, they, live, up, they live in, they grow up in. And so really now, I I really enjoy teaching some of those citizenship units about criminal justice system or looking at the rights and responsibilities. And so there really are some quite clear overlaps there Mm. between citizenship and PSHE. Okay, so you mentioned PSHE there and you mentioned doing your PGCE. We've got a number of four letter acronyms coming through here. But for anyone listening who doesn't actually know what PSHE is, can you tell us in a nutshell what it is, what it covers, what it stands for as well? So PSHE really is looking at the personal, the social and the health education of children and young people. It is a statutory part of the curriculum. All schools look to deliver this in very different ways. So here at Berkhamsted School, we have a system of personal development. And this is in its infancy right now, but we are looking to talk to students in assemblies we're looking to make really good use of tutor times to really teach students what they need to know about growing up in today's world and so Mm. many of those topics are linked to 
to issues such as health and well-being. So mm-hmm. certainly with our students starting in year seven, it's all about the, you know, the, the move to big school, the transition to senior school and some mm. of the independence that can come with that. So topics are very varied. So we look at topics of, of health and well-being. And part of that is focusing on the mental well-being and the self-esteem. Mental health and the importance and the value of it is something we are looking at with all year groups right now this half term. And so then as students get older, we then look at other topics which might link into body image or we might be looking at making healthy choices about eating and nutrition. Hmm. But that's obviously the physical and the mental health. And there are other aspects and other strands to this. So living in the wider world, for example, some of that curriculum will be around citizenship so we'll be looking at careers and skills and aspirations and something that is really really important and very topical right now is looking at the importance of relationship and sex education so we really really do want our students to have a firm understanding of what a healthy relationship looks like what it means to be respectful to one another and so exploring those issues of of worth self-worth consent and dealing with conflict because as we know Simon we all have to go through and experience conflict in so many different ways and Mm. actually it's one of those areas that schools rarely ever teach you the mechanisms or the coping strategies to deal with Mm. so PSHE is great it's everything under the sun essentially but really with that main focus of getting our young people fully equipped for the challenges of, of, of modern life. So one of the things that we're hearing about in the media quite a lot right now is about Facebook and uh, Instagram and the negative effects that it can have on teenagers, with girls in particular. What are your thoughts and feelings on the role that social media plays in young people's lives today? I think we need to be really mindful as adults that there is young people using social media to the extreme. I think it's all about healthy balance and I think there are many different advantages that can come from the connection that we enjoy with social media. This wasn't something I experienced as a teenager growing up. Mobile phones weren't particularly common when I started senior school, but it is really apparent that students are getting younger and they are having access to all of those online communication systems. And so I think really what we need to do as a school is is to make sure that whatever age students are getting those mobile phones, they're having those online interactions, we need to equip them with the skills to know that what a really healthy relationship looks like with a various app or a network and when that can become a risk or a challenge. So my, my personal view would be it's, it's about balance, but really we've got quite a battle on our hands to make sure that students know how to use those, those tools appropriately. Okay, and is this the kind of thing that's, that's for specific year groups or is this for all year groups at school? No, absolutely. This is for all students across all year groups. So here at Berkhamsted, we really essentially believe that all the students need to learn various skills to live. And so what we try to do is make something that's really appropriate for their age group. So we've built it into the timetable. Each week, students have a discrete lesson of personal development. And that starts in year seven, going all the way up to year year 11. Beyond that, even in the sixth form, we have a personal development programme so that each week we have guest speakers coming in. We have a talk coming up next week on consent, which is targeted for our sixth form students. And then that's a very varied programme. We have opportunities coming up for things, talks like nutrition. You know what it's like when you leave home and you go to university and then the, the conflict there of having to cook for yourself and what does that look like? So we try to make these sessions really, really 
sort of build tie in with what the students are going to be needing when they leave school so things like debt gambling managing money all of these life skills don't really stop when you leave school in year 11 that they're lifelong skills now if i was of an older generation then i might say that school is for getting good exam results in things like english and maths and history and that PSHE is for things like, you know, is for parents to cover off, not for the schools, or even for no one to cover off, but you just have to jolly well work it out as you, as you get older and as you, as you grow up. I don't think many people listening to this podcast episode right now might feel like that, but they may have someone in their family, possibly an older member of their family, who does feel like that. What would you say to, to that older member of that, of, that, of that family who might feel that way? Well, I would think about the challenges that something like COVID has given us in terms of our schooling and I think if we look at the impact of not mixing with others of being isolated of the loneliness that's happened there I think it's really shone a a light on the importance of mental health and well-being and self-care and really for me that just reaffirms the, the importance of something like PSHE and personal development because I think if you get the individual self-care right then all the other mm-hmm. things fall into place so so schools really aren't just about academia yes that's a really important part of the school day and the curriculum but actually if you get the foundation right first with the young person all the other things naturally fall into place. So what's the best way for the school to work with parents where the parents may well be fully on board and they want to do their bit to help? How can you ensure a good marriage between the school and parents and the children? Well, I think really it's about recognising that we're all working together on this. This isn't anyone's job per se. So it's not school's job. It's not the parents' job. But actually, it's, it's a really important partnership between us and home. And I think with all of us working together, there are lots of different exciting ways that parents can support us. You know, as part of our uh, consultation, as part of our focus groups, parents have really been quite helpful in telling us what they feel their children need at different timescales. Likewise, the students are really great at saying, well, no, that, that topic was a bit early, but actually for someone else, that topic might be too late. So I think there's a really important partnership to be made there between home and school. Whether parents engage and the extent to which they engage with school is entirely up to them. We offer a number of different workshops and talks that are really well attended. We have a really, really healthy partnership with our parents. And so some of the talks we've had have been really, really popular. So topics such as talking with dads, anxiety, online safety, consent. These are all talks that we've organised and have been so well attended by our parent body. And that, to me, just reaffirms the importance of PSHE. It's a subject that really does permeate all throughout the school. Talking with dads, tell me a little bit more about that. I'm intrigued. Well, we do a talking teens and a talking dads talk specifically for dads to try and open up the levels of communication possibly with between fathers and their children. Stereotypically, we tend to think of feelings, nurturing, mental health as potentially being an issue that girls talk about. And so we're very mindful and aware that that maybe our boys don't open up to the extent that some of our girls do. And so really that workshop was to give dads practical strategies, you know, sentence starters, opening ways to talk about some of these feelings and emotions that ordinarily they might not have done. Can you give any examples of good sentence starters? Wow, that puts me on the spot. Well, I think we're all we're, we're all prone to asking students, you know, how was your day? 
And I think even mm. as adults, the obvious answer to that, without giving it much thought, is I'm fine. It was good. Mm. School was mm. okay. And I think really what we're wanting to do is dig a little deeper there and to ask those more probing questions. You know, actually, what was it surprised? What was it today that surprised you the most? What was the hardest thing you did today? What was the most difficult thing you learned? Those probing questions can often be met with some really intriguing answers way beyond fine, for example. Mm. And what might some of the warning signals be that parents could look out for that maybe something might be up, but maybe a child isn't coming forward and talking openly about it just yet? Well, I think in school, we end all of our personal development lessons with a clear signpost. So in school, we are very aware of where students can go to to talk. For parents, that can be a very different, tricky matter. And I would say as a parent myself, I would be looking for changes in behaviour. I would Mm -hmm. be looking for them potentially to not enjoy and find enjoyment in the things that they previously had. You know, a change in behaviour, withdrawing on oneself, possibly an over-reliance on social networks, technology, for example. A real change in habits, to me, would alert me to to potential challenges that my children might be facing. But obviously every parent knows their child best. So really anything that is out of the ordinary mm-hmm. could could easily be the opening sentence to a conversation on that. Now you mentioned about change in behaviour. And of course, children do go through changes and, and there are natural changes that we shouldn't be too concerned about. Uh, how, do, how could parents go about differentiating between an unnatural change and a natural change and I guess I'm thinking that it's not unusual for children to want to spend a little bit more time in their bedrooms but at what point in that example should a parent be a little bit concerned about that? I think naturally as we all grow up we like to have our own space a little bit more and as you say that that's very natural. I would personally be looking for other changes in behaviour it might be something to do with a withdrawal from team sports for example that normally they really get pleasure out of or it might be that they aren't socializing with their friends as frequently as they did Mm. it might well be that they are becoming more withdrawn within the household actually Mm. they don't want to come down to the family table for dinner of an evening now Mm. every so often there are genuine reasons as to why that might be but i but i see if, if a pattern developed there over time I would probably want to have a conversation with school. We've got, we have a really supportive pastoral system here. So we've got tutors and we've got heads of house. And I would say to parents, if you're just not sure if it is normal teenage behaviour, then there's no harm in asking advice. Mm. Approach mm. school, approach the tutor, the head of house, um, because there's every chance that that is just normal adolescent behaviour. Some parents might be listening to this and thinking, uh, you know, that they that they'd like to get in touch with the school, but maybe they don't want to come across as a as a as a whingy parent or an annoyance or anything like that in a in a wonderfully British sort of way. Um, what might you say to parents who might be feeling that, apart from just get in touch? I would say there's probably far too much at stake here to ignore any signs. I think you know we're looking here at the health, the well-being, and if at any point you're noticing these signs and these symptoms, then then reach out. That would be far more preferable than actually ignoring some of the signs and then potential feelings escalating over time. No, it's great to hear. No, thank you for that. Now, a little bit earlier, you mentioned about consultation and focus groups. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? So essentially, we want to make sure that what we're doing in personal development lessons is is right. 
So students are very open about telling us which topics they need right now. And obviously there are other sides to that and it's important that those parents tell us what they think needs to be in the in the curriculum. So in the summer term, I did a parent consultation with a number of our parents across both the boys and the girls school, varying ages. And it was really, really interesting to see what parents felt we needed to cover lower down the school or was a little bit too early. And I would say probably the most interesting revelation I found was looking at the role of pleasure in relationships and actually looking at at the positive aspects because what we don't want to do is scaremonger and we don't want Mm. to just talk about the unhealthy aspects that come from partnerships. What we Mm. want to do is is really praise all of the great things that we can get. So, So it really opened my eyes to some topics that actually we either need to do lower down the school or we need to do across the school. You know, this is this is something that we need to look at from year seven all the way through to year 13. So it's really helpful to have those chats and those conversations because it means that actually every year we can just evolve the programme into something a little bit more relevant for our students here at Berkhamsted. Mm. It's so refreshing to hear you talk like this. You know, I'm just thinking back sort of, I don't know, say 100 years and how different the approach was to educating children back then compared to here today in 2021. I would agree. I mean, even in the time when I was at school, I I don't feel that the PSHE education gave me the tools I needed at that moment in time to really grow up and, and, you know, contribute to the society that I was growing up in. But I think Mm. we do live in very different times now. And I'm thankful to some extent that actually we are really embracing this notion of the value of PSHE. It, it permeates every every other aspect of our curriculum, of our school day, whether that be British values or whether that be looking at citizenship or the, the spiritual and the moral and the social development of a child. All of mm. these topics are really, really important now and they've always been important. But in schools, we were probably too busy focusing on other aspects of the curriculum to really notice. Sarah, we're coming towards the end of this podcast episode, but one of the questions that we always ask guests who come on is, what have you changed your mind about in the past couple of years? So I wouldn't necessarily say I've changed my mind on this, but I think certainly coming out of lockdown, you know, many teachers went into the profession to to teach in the classroom, live in front of students. And actually, the last 18 months or so have really reminded me of the importance of, of connection. You know, when we were during those months of remote teaching and learning, it was it was the real friendships that we wanted to live out. It was the real physical contact that we were missing. And I suppose for me, that's just reaffirmed the value of schools. As you've said Mm. earlier, we are much more than just a factory producing students to achieve the best grades they can. Actually, what we need to do now is focus on all the other aspects of the education system that are so, so important. Because if we get that right, then the chances are our students are going to grow up to get the grades that they require to go on and do some really great, fantastic things. No, that's a great answer. That really is. And then lastly, what has been your remarkable moment at Berkhamsted? Well, I'm lucky enough here to work at Berkhamsted, where we've got a real pool of expertise. We've got students, we've got staff, we've got careers, we've got outdoor education teams. So I suppose for me, the remarkable moment has come in the last few months when I've taken over the role of head of personal development. There is so much enthusiasm 
and recognition of the value of personal development. So many staff want to get involved, whether that's in looking at how to develop community service or nutrition or relationships. Staff are really, really interested in getting involved, whether that's coming into lessons, whether that's doing drop-down days or assemblies. And so for me, I suppose... I love working in a remarkable school where everyone recognises that the long-term benefit to personal development. Great answer. That really is. Sarah, it's been really good talking to you. If anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch, maybe if they had a concern about their child, what's the best way for them to connect with you in the school? I would say initially contact your child's head of house. They will happily pass on my details and then I would be really happy to hear from parents if they felt there was topics, more that we could be doing. That, That would be great head of house that's the way to go brilliant Sarah thank you so much for your time thank you for being here and opening up this world to us and I guess to a large extent reassuring parents but also letting people know that there is that support network within the school but thank you for your time thank you very much Simon thank you So that was Sarah Gledhill talking about PSHE at Berkhamsted. It all sounds very encouraging to hear the school taking this so seriously. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you get future notifications. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.